Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for seeing us through uh, a week. I can't believe it's just like not long ago that we met together. But Lord, you know, time is, uh, you've given us time and we just thank you. And the week has passed and all that has been uh, done in the name of Jesus, we pray it will come for eternity. So for this evening, the things that we say, we do, we encourage one another, strengthen us in the inner man, and let what we say and do be pleasing in your sight. And guide George as he brings your word, and uh, you know, and we give Holy Spirit to stir our hearts up. Do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And this evening, I just, you know. I just think it's good to review in the light of um, God adding another year to Lichu. It's good to review for all of us, not for just for Lichu, to be honest. For all of us, it's been a year for all of us, 365 days. <laughs> no, no, it's important we, we just review our own lives in the light of our work with God. In the light of the fact that the years are running by on top of everybody's head. If you look at the Salido family, let me not use my own as examples. If you look at the Salido family, we thank God for them. I knew when, um, very vividly, when, um, who is it now? Uh, not, not Raphael, um, Real. 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 The youngest one. No, no, no. Um, Risa? Risa, yes. Oh. I remember when Risa was was a baby. I remember very clearly <laughs> when she was a toddler. You know, you, you don't see that if you go to check how how life is passing by. Just look at the children in our midst. And it's obvious that time is waiting for nobody. Our years are going by. I remember when I used to have a lot of hair. Now, nothing. So, the reason why I'm talking like this is because, thank God, God has added another year to Lichu's life. We thank God for that. Um, we thank God that he has been faithful to her. And in the light of that, it's just good to review again our own lives and see if we are keeping up to God's plan for us. If we are actually using this one life God has given us and to check again what is God's mind about what he's doing with us so that we can make progress with it. It's always good, you know. People say, oh, birthday, lovely, let's eat and drink and everything. Yes, that's good. But it's also good to review. It's very important. So I just want us to look at some uh, two parables that Jesus gave regarding the kingdom of God. So look at Matthew chapter 13. We are going to look at the two parables. They are short. But I think it's important to review. 
view it. Just to see if God's plan for us, we are keeping to it. Just as a reminder and as a challenge, in that sense. So, Matthew chapter 13, we are going to look at verse 13 down to 33. the children will read for us, please. Bethel, you want to read? Okay. Matthew 13 from verse 31 to 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of God garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches he told them still another parable the kingdom is like peace that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough mm. okay um let me see okay We'll talk, start with that and see how God will help us and guide our discussion. Now, this was Jesus trying to explain what the kingdom of God is about. This was Jesus trying to talk about the kingdom of God. And mention the kingdom of God. It means, actually, everything concerning God is his kingdom, actually. Everything. I know when we talk about the kingdom of God, we just think of heaven. Yes, heaven is important, but the kingdom of God actually. Do you remember when they were asking, Where's the kingdom of God? Where's the kingdom of God? In scripture, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is in you. Can we remind ourselves of that scripture? Let me see, where is it again? The kingdom of God is in you. This was Jesus answering. It's within you. That's um. Let me see now. Let's look at Luke. Luke chapter seventeen. Just we'll come back to we'll come back to um, Matthew thirteen. But look at Luke chapter seventeen. Look at verse twenty. The Bible says, from verse twenty. Now, when he was asked by these Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them and said, "The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here." Or still there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So, what wants to establish in us is that actually it will make your heart, it will make my heart his his base. The kingdom of God, 
if you talk about somebody's kingdom, that is where he operates from, isn't it? That's where he 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 relates with others from. And what God wants to do is that He wants to create an embassy. He wants to create an embassy in your heart, so that He can run the affairs through you through the embassy. It's just like what we have in daily life. The reason why you cannot just... I hope you know that the embassy of the United States of America is only an extension of the United States of America far away in the, in the, in the West. The, that embassy is just an extension of the country in... It's just an extension of the country in United Kingdom. What's wrong, mommy? Why are you smiling? Okay. When we are talking about the kingdom of God, God is just trying to establish his embassy in you, in your heart. And by doing that, he's extending his will, his um, purpose, his mind, his policies, if I'm allowed to use that word, policy, all that, he wants to extend it from heaven in your heart. So when, the, when Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God is within you, he was just trying to show us exactly what is happening in real life. So, going back to that scripture in Matthew chapter 13. Verse 31 says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of God is like so when we are talking about the kingdom of God, please don't think it's something far away. It also pertains to what God wants to do in your heart. So look at it. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and rest in its branches. So, beloved brethren, as followers of Jesus, look at what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a massive. So, the first thing I sense God wants to remind us of is that God wants to sow the gospel of the kingdom in your heart. That's God's first agenda. He wants to ensure that this gospel is properly planted in your heart. And I thank God he has done that. But remember, it hasn't finished. He planted the seed. It says, which a man took and sowed in his field. So your heart is the field of God, actually. God has, through the, through the knowledge and salvation Jesus brought to us, he has planted the gospel seed. In your heart. It's an incorruptible seed. The seed of the word of God that comes 
to the gospel is incorruptible. It's a powerful seed. It's a seed that does not just die anyhow. It's a seed that has great potential. And look at the potential. And it's important to take note of this. That's why it's good to review our lives. To see if this potential is gradually coming to pass in us. He said, which is in that verse 31. It's a seed. It's like a mustard seed. Which a man took and sowed in his field. Which indeed is the least of all the seeds. And I hope you know that the gospel coming to a man's heart, it doesn't come with explosion most times. Yes, it does dramatically for some people. But look at how the message of the gospel plays out. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. That is the summary of the gospel. You don't need to attach any massive sacrifice. And you know, we talked about this the other day. That because of the simplicity of the gospel, people don't believe it. Because the gospel is so straightforward, it's so plain, it comes with faith in believing in Jesus who died for your sins. That's all you need to do. Repent of your sins and believe him. That's the gospel. And it's a seed. It's not a, a it's not a big tree that God will uproot from somewhere to come and plant in your heart. It starts as a seed. And the Bible says, indeed is the least of all the seeds. It's just dramatic for me, anytime I, I look at it, that the gospel, as simple as it is, has great potential. Look at it. It says, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. Wonderful. That's the gospel. The glory of the gospel is not just that it's simple, but that small seed can affect generations, can affect lives beyond the local environment of that seed, where that seed was planted. That small seed, when it grows, it becomes a tree. Beloved brethren, do you know that the gospel, as simple and as straightforward as it is, once it grows in a man's heart, oh, affects generations. Generations unborn are blessed just because of that seed. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus planted that seed in a few men. And we saw the effect. We saw the effect of that seed in the lives of Peter, in the lives of John. And it, I thought it would stop there. It didn't stop. It affected other. Peter preached a message and thousands got saved. It didn't stop. 
people like Barnabas were affected by that seed. And remember the person that planted it first. It was Jesus, isn't it? Jesus planted the seed. And others kept planting other seeds in other people's hearts. And we saw the multiplier effect. The Bible says in Acts of the Apostles, and the disciples, the word of God grew, and the disciples multiplied. People like Barnabas were affected by that seed. It didn't stop there. When Paul got converted, when he became Paul from Saul, he got to embrace Jesus, and Barnabas went and encouraged him. And the, and the gospel from brethren to the, that same seed to Antioch, away from Jerusalem, where the first seed was planted. And people were affected. Barnabas and Paul started teaching the word of God. And that seed grew in Antioch, not in Jerusalem. And souls were built up in the things of God. Is it not wonderful to see the effect of that small seed? Small! That small seed. And I just I just want to say, beloved brethren, that that seed planted in a heart and in the heart of man and allowed to grow can keep working and can keep doing great things even when the original home of that seed is long gone lives can be affected for generations to come even beyond our imagination we don't know how much and how far the gospel planted in the heart of a man or a woman or a young boy or a young girl can affect other lives you can't estimate it because when the bible says that seed but where it is grown it is greater than the herbs as small as it is when it grows and beloved brethren i think god wants to encourage and challenge our hearts this evening that we should make our hearts conducive for that seed to keep growing we should not limit the effect of don't limit the effect of what jesus is doing in your life don't think it is just ordinary just for you no it's not just for you do you know how small a mustard seed is do you know how small it is? It's a very tiny seed. But go and check the tree that comes out of a mustard seed. I've done this before. Permit me to do it again. I'm going to... Yes. No, let's go. So that the brethren can see it on, 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 the, on, the, on the screen share. Just permit me please let me let me just go to i just want to show you you can it's so tiny but let me let me get a 
Yes. Aha. Let me see if we can we can do it side by side. I'm trying to show a picture of the seed and the tree together. Um okay, maybe I'm gonna have to do it separately. Sorry, let me just bring this out. I don't know if I can. Um I think I should be able to. Sorry, just bear with me, please. Aha. Now, let me share my screen. Um, so, this is... Where's where the share? Yes, just down. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can just do this. Okay. This one. Share. Now... I hope you can see my screen. Look at the mustard seed. You see, we have to slay to look at it. That's the mustard seed there. Where my cursor is. Very tiny seed. I want to ask you a question. How can a tree come out of this? Look at the mustard, a, a mustard tree. Um, let me just yes, let me just pause the sharing so I can saturate. We are looking for a mustard tree now, and the question is, how can a tree come out of this tiny seed? This is the only one I can. Okay, let, let me. Okay, I hope you can see the screen. Do you see the seed here? This tiny seed. From this tiny seed can come this big tree. Now, the question, and we can, you know, I'm just using this as an illustration of the mustard seed. And the tree that comes out of the mustard seed. And I ask the question, how can this tiny, from this tiny thing here, you have this big tree? That is what the gospel can do. As small as the gospel seed is, it looks inconsequential, it looks tiny, it looks quiet, there is nothing assuming about it, there is nothing great about it. But from here, you have this massive tree. Beloved brethren, 
That is the picture of the gospel. The gospel that is planted in the heart of a man can affect lives beyond that man's imagination. And that is the great potential me and you carry as Christians. I've given this example before. When I was a teenager, I gave my life to Christ. And somebody spoke to me. A young boy in secondary school spoke to me about Jesus. Now the question is, when he was speaking to me, did he ever know that I will be in the UK speaking to other people about Jesus? That was not his He didn't say, oh, let me speak to you so that you will be going to UK in the next 30 years to talk to people about Jesus. That was not his plan. All he did was just to obey God and plant that seed in my heart. God used him to plant that seed in my heart. All I'm just trying to say is that if we are aware of this great attribute of the kingdom, we will be more deliberate, we will be more, uh, we will take it with all seriousness. The gospel planted in the heart of a man can go far and wide and affect generations beyond your own life. That's what this, that's what Jesus was trying to say about his kingdom. The kingdom in form of his, his the kingdom of God in form of a seed planted in the heart of a man. When he grows, it's not only beds of the air. Imagine this big tree here has suddenly become a shelter, not only for birds. If there is a big storm now, you can go and hide under this tree and you'll be protected. If you, as a girl, you, you know, you are passing through this field and under the hot sun, you can rest under this tree. You understand? So this is this is a great illustration of what Jesus can do in your life. Once we allow the gospel, the understanding of God, our work with God to continue to flourish, that's what he can do. Now, let me stop sharing. Let's let's and one of the prayer points we'll be praying is that God should help us to appreciate what he's doing in our lives so that we'll be more deliberate. Let's ask God in his mercy to help us um, embrace our relationship with him so that we can allow that relationship flourish. And so that when it flourishes, it will keep, or when it grows, it will keep doing more spiritual work even beyond your own control. That's what this verse is trying to teach us. Look at verse 33. The Bible says, this Jesus trying to explain, talking about the kingdom of God. Look at it. It says, the kingdom of heaven, in verse 3, 
slight living or yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till it was all living. Still talking about the kingdom, Jesus is trying to show us the multiplier effect of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not is not something you can cage. God's mind, God's will, God's principles, the way God thinks, and all the attributes of God is not something you can put in a basket and cover up. The Bible is saying here, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Maybe we should read it from a simpler translation. Can somebody read it from um, maybe NLT or any just the sake of illustration? I have NLT. Yes. Uh, it says. Um, where is it? Class 33. Alright, okay, sorry. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Do you see what the kingdom of God is meant to be like? It's like yeast. Small. But it penetrates, it permeates, it affects the whole dough. That's what the kingdom of God is going to do. You cannot teach the kingdom of God only to your church or only to Sunday Sundays. You cannot constrict or restrict the kingdom of God only to your church life. The kingdom of God is meant to affect every aspect of your life. It's meant to permeate your understanding, your understanding of God's will. Everything that pertains to His kingdom is meant to permeate every aspect of your life. It's meant to permeate your family life, your extended family life, your social life your work life, professional life, every aspect of your life. That is the effect of yeast. Yeast doesn't enter dough and stay in one corner. Yeast causes the whole dough to rise, to become living, to swear. That is the effect of yeast, as small as it is. Do you remember Jesus was telling disciples, he said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt. You don't need to pour the whole jar of salt into your, your sauce, into the stew you are making. Maybe that's why it looks as if, oh, Christianity is not a, or following Jesus is not popular. It's not meant to be popular actually, to be honest. We are meant to shine as light, affecting our circumferential environment. We are meant to be like yeast, by God's grace, that God is using 
to living the whole lump. So, beloved brethren, it's important we review our life in the in the light of these principles. Are we allowing this seed of the gospel to keep growing so that it becomes a big tree that will affect other people? Are we allowing the yeast that God has sown in our lives to permit every aspect of our lives so that it keeps affecting people, it keeps affecting lives beyond our own scope? Look at what he does here. He says, even though she used a large amount of flour, the yeast, as small as it is, permeated every part of the dough. Can we allow God operating us through, through the working of yeast, as we can see it here? And like I said, what God wants to do Beloved brethren, it is beyond your generation. What God wants to do through your life is beyond you. It's beyond your thinking. It's beyond your own personal plans and what you think of God. It's beyond it. And I just think that as the years roll on for our lives, can we ensure under God that we do not be the instrument of obstruction to stop this seed from growing through you. To stop this yeast from permeating every aspect of your life and then every aspect of society by God's grace. Can we ensure that by God's grace our years we spend it Ensuring that this yeast grows, that this seed grows. That's the prayer point. I'm trusting God that we can that we can pray about this evening before we round up. I'm praying that God will help us appreciate these truths so that we will know that the gospel seed you will not take it for granted. So that this yeast of God's kingdom, the yeast of his, of his mind, of his principles, of his love, of his will, will spread. You will be um, the instrument which God can use to push it out. So that it can not only affect you, but affect other families affect other young people, affect other couples, affect lives beyond your imagination. That's the prayer point. I'm trusting that the Lord will help us. I'm trusting that God in His mercy will not allow us to be Vessels that are obstructive. That God will help us to to be instruments through which His will and His work will prosper in our hands. 
Yes. Okay, what um what sort of what sort of ways should we expect our sur our surroundings and that and the people in them to change? Obviously, we'd love them to come to the Lord, share the gospel, they'd be saved. But are there any other are there any other indicators that suggest that we're actually um, being a good witness, a good testimony in our society, in our in our locality? Because um, yeah, you know, we want to see. Well, we need. I think we need some encouragement. I suppose you could say, in some respects, yes. Because um, you know, it can be difficult for people to actually come to the Lord. Uh, um, but not impossible by any means, and a lot of success. So, what do, you, what are the sort of ways that we should see our, our, our um, well, the people around us changing? You know, it's. I think because we are in a in a battle for the souls of men, mm -hmm. we should keep knocking at the door of heaven for help. But at the same time, we we ha just have to keep praying too. It is discouraging, I understand, that, you know, the generality of society, nobody's interested in Jesus. But in the midst of we should not give up. Because, you know, I remember one um, verse now. It was like a serious picture I saw in the book of Joshua. Let me just run there quickly. The Bible was talking about Jericho before the children of Israel invaded Jericho. And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5, look at it. Um, is it Joshua 5 or Joshua? Just bear with me. Yes, Joshua 6. Look at verse 1. That's all I'm just going to highlight. The Bible said, or can somebody read it? Joshua 6, verse 1. Yes, somebody from the Salido family. Joshua 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was... Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Do you and see? Yes, thank you very much. Do you see what was happening there? The Bible said Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None what none came in. That is the state of the souls of men. The enemy wants to shut them up. Why? Because of you. If he releases them, you and me, we go and grab them for the kingdom. Straight away. Sounds like lockdown. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Securely shut up. But we are talking about a, a, a spiritual lockdown here. Whereby you don't want the children of Jericho, the people of Jericho, to have any communication with 
these children of Israel. Because if you do, they will be won over. And it's the same thing. That's why, despite the situation, we must not give up. You see, the children of Israel did not see Jericho shots. And then they went back and told God, God, you know, this land, this place is walled up. Look at the high walls. We can't overcome. Let's leave, let's leave them alone. We need to go forward. We need to keep asking God that we'll be persistent in the place of prayer, in the place of sharing the gospel. Because that's the only way we can win these people back. Look at how in the end, the children, they just listen to God's instructions. Go round Jericho. And on the seventh day, go round seven times. I'm sure the children of Jericho, the people of Jericho were looking down. And looking at this one going down, going around, going around. It looks foolish, isn't it? How does going around the world bring down the world? That's the issue, that's the story of the gospel. The gospel on its own is foolishness to the world. How does a man who died thousands of years ago save me from my spiritual decay? It is what God has instituted. It's foolishness. But beloved, that foolishness is the way of salvation. And so, my answer to that is, let's be persistent. Like what the children of Israel were doing here. Yes, Jericho was securely shut up. Yes, there were high walls around there. But those walls came down and they overtook the land. So, in the midst of it, let's not be discouraged. I know it's discouraging, but let's not be discouraged. Let's keep going at it. When opportunities open up for us to share the gospel, please, let us not withhold our hand. Let's share it. Let's plant that seed. Let's not think that that gospel seed we've planted, because we've not seen an immediate effect, that means it's useless. It is not useless. Let's plant it. There is no farmer that just goes to his field and says, oh, I want a harvest, without planting. He desires a harvest. And he does not plant. How will harvest come? So is there is there any value in coming alongside? The world is talking about kindness. I'm uh, on a couple of networks. Be human, kind. Be kind yeah. for youngsters. Um, a lot of the, you know, you know, be um, not so much gracious, but that, you know, we've got employee engagement, and yeah. uh, and uh, it's all about you know being kind to one another and. Uh, well-being and looking after others before yeah. yourself. Yeah. Lots and lots of biblical teaching is kind of, you know, forgiveness is psychology now. They say the best thing you can do is forgive the person that hurt you, yeah. um, as much as you can in the flesh. And, uh, yeah. so should we come alongside that and say, yeah, yeah, that's all right. And then wait for the opportunity to say, it's exactly what Jesus said. <laughs> you know, it's exactly what Jesus has said and it's what the Christian faith is all about. Yeah. Or do we just Leave it all to them and then, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, um, you know, unfortunately, what the world offers is, or the world's understanding is, oh, being a Christian means you're a good person, which is part of it. But the gospel, we must not uh, sidetrack the message of the gospel with good works, teaching, and and preaching. So you have situations whereby they 
they encourage Christians to do good works. Even the world will encourage you and say, Oh, don't worry, come and help us in our charity. That is good. But the message of the gospel that saves the soul, they say, Don't talk about it. And it is so a I've, seen it in, in, I've seen it in my <laughs> locality here, whereby you, you do the good works, but when it is time to lay down the message that brings salvation, they stop it and say, no, please, don't talk about Jesus here. A lot of, um, we had a Bible study last night and we were, um, we were trying to, we're trying to get the words, I suppose, as much as anything else, get the world, words, world, get the words to, to distinguish between, um, the world doing good deeds, yeah, and not even being pleasing to God, and Christians, doing good works or, mm. or, or not doing good works even mm. and the classic thing about you know like um, one lady was talking about she likes to be around sort of Muslims and Hindus because they are very they're very polite they care about people you know yeah. people working in the, the medical industry you know the, the uh, health sector sort of thing the, the Muslims and the Hindus are, are very caring people yeah. very caring people and um you know, how do you tell them that no Christians are caring, <laughs> yeah. sort of thing? And 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 if that's all that we are, sorry, if that's what it means to be a Christian is just to be caring. Well, and the world shows many good examples. I'm telling of that. you, they do. I, I've lived among Muslims, and I know they can be very, in fact, so sacrificial that you'd be thinking, ah, but this guy's a Muslim. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can do good works, but. Beloved brethren, you know, good works is not what saves. Mm -hmm. That's why the enemy can use good works to blindfold you from the gospel. And we must not fall into that trap. That's the issue. That message is, is the power of God unto salvation, not the good works. The good works can be an avenue to attract, to give you a platform to share the gospel. But we must not now say the good works is gospel. So we get lots of apologetics that cover the, you know, the the fifteenth chapter of Hezekiah and the third verse, <laughs> right? <laughs> they do all they do that. Unfortunately, Dominic's not here today, yeah. but um, they do that and they do that. But we don't even be able to do the apologetic of saying what is the difference between a Christian that does or doesn't do good work and a person in the world who does do good deeds rather than good works but you know that's just a technical term really in a way to try and distinguish so but they, they can't do it they can't do it they can't actually justify what Christ did on the cross for us exactly that's the issue you are absolutely right that's the matter that's why um, look, look at this picture what happened with um, Judas when Mary broke that alabaster perfume. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it, when she poured everything on Jesus, do you know what Judas said? This is a waste. And the other disciples as well, I think. Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. This is a waste. We should have gotten this, sold this thing and given it to the poor. Good works. Because without Jesus, it's empty. It's actually dead works. Mm -hmm. In that sense. Mm -hmm. That's without why the spirit, you can't please God. Exactly. 
our good works, the Bible calls it filthy rags. The Bible infers it as filthy rags. All our goodness, if it does not pass through Jesus, it is dirty before heaven. That's why we cannot push the gospel away and be talking about good works. I know people who are constantly they say yes, we are just showing love. Don't worry about the gospel, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about it. Let's just be showing the love. And they are not even praying and saying, God, how can as we are doing this, how can we share the gospel? No. We cannot we cannot replace that message. It is the power of God unto salvation. It's not the good works. Because, like you said, Hindus, Muslims, they can do it even better than Christians. Advice. They can do it. That message, we cannot but talk about it because that is God's power. That is God's um, message to every mankind. And why is why is the church so fixated on good works? Because <laughs> we say, you know, by your fruits you will know them, and we think it's by your good works you will know them. Yes, I I know why the church is fixated. It's not everybody, you know. Some people understand this. It's the understanding that Jesus came with a message, and that message was the message of salvation. That message, once you accept it, it automatically allows you to start working with God, of course. And that is the product of that message. Good works. And that good works, it's not you that is actually doing it. It's the Christ that you have come to accept that is working through your life. Because I know people do good, do good, do good works for various reasons. Ulterior motives. People do good works at times. They, they are not willing, they are not interested in money or anything. They want their name to be behind the good works. They want their image to be behind the good works. But me and you know, as you do it, as you follow Jesus and you do good works, whose name is being projected? Is it your name or in the name of Jesus? Do you see? The difference is clear. It's not about anybody, it's about him. So now Anything you do, the Bible says, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the like you like you said, we just have to, like you highlighted, it's just important that we engage people when the opportunity arises, even to talk about these things, to say, see, it's not about I mean, future will be yes. We've done this before. As medical students, we used to do outreaches, medical outreaches to the villages. And we go with our medications and we want to help the villagers but at the same time we are we are we are focused to share the gospel with them so but there are some villagers they will come they are they need medication you've given them the medication and the process you are telling them about jesus they said no 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 i'm not interested i just want to collect your medication and go <laughs> there are people like that they've been helped They've been, through the grace of God, they've, they've gotten solutions to their problem. But the gospel, they are not interested. It's sad, but we must insist that 
it is the gospel which is the power of God unto salvation that we will project, we will preach, we will talk about. The goods only a platform to be able to do that. That's all. It's just like a, I would liken it to be the good works like the net that you throw. It's like a net you throw in a sea to catch the fish so that the fish can now come in to the boat. But we mustn't make the net the message. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what we are doing. Oh, see the net. It's lovely. It's lovely. It's lovely. And we're focusing on the net. It's not it. So I just thought that God will help us so that we can make the gospel the focus. It's because of the gospel that you can even do the good works. It's not the other way around. So Hebrews 6, you know, I think it's Hebrews 6, one of the teachings is about dead works. Yes. Is it worth sort of explaining that? Really? I mean, how does good works and dead works... Yes, so... What's the difference and when are they the same? Well, when do they look the same? Yes, so... And they're not the same. So that Hebrews... um, Hebrews 6, isn't it? Yes, Hebrews 6, let me see. It was taught, yes, I've seen it. So it was it, it was talking about the doctrines, the fundamental doctrines of the gospel mm-hmm. of, of of principles of Christ in verse one. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go to perfection, not doing laying again the foundation of repentance. So these things are the fundamental foundation of the gospel, understanding it. Foundation of repentance from dead works of faith towards God, doctrine of baptism, laying all of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. The 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 foundation of repentance from dead works is exactly what we about. That you are not just it's not about um doing good first. Is repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. Like we said, dead works are not alive because even a thief can do good works. A thief who does not, is not interested in God, can do good works. But those works are dead because it has not passed through Jesus. It cannot be alive. Repentance from Dead works. We need to repent from it, actually. And that repentance is not on its own. It actually starts with accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. So everything, that's why, you know, I've met people who, who will glory, even Christians, they will glory in the fact that, yes, this um, person is not a Christian, but he's giving us a lot of money. <laughs> It's not a Christian, but is 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 interested, is sympathetic towards the gospel, and is giving us money for God's work. And I'm asking them the question: What is God interested in? Is it his soul or his money? And they are not, and they are not, and some of these brothers are not ready to gospel with that person because they don't want to offend him because they are collecting his money. <laughs> That's the matter. They don't understand that. We need to repent from dead works. God is interested, first of all, in your soul, in your heart, before he collects your money. 
So these are principles. This uh, repentance of from dead works, faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands. Those are a resurrection of dead and eternal judgment. Those are the issues on which the gospel stands. And then it's from this you keep building. Because Paul called it the elementary principles of Christ. It's very important. And it's good to always refresh our hearts about these things. Because it is the basis on which we build anything for God. Because people will ask questions. When people don't understand these principles, they build, they, they cause a lot of an error in the body of Christ. And that's why it's crucial. That's why we cannot push these things aside. We must always look at sin to make sure we understand it and grow in our, on our, in our understanding of these things. So, beloved brethren, I think we'll stop here and pray. And we'll just pray about what we've talked about as well. First, uh, I mean, what we've discussed, that the Lord will help us. That as our years go by, we will keep trusting Him that we are very deliberate and conscious of the potential of what the gospel can do in the lives of people beyond our generation beyond even our imagination that god will keep expo giving us opportunities because when we know there is this great potential we, we will be deliberate about advancing it and advancing his work so we'll pray about that and then um, of course we'll pray for each you God will keep helping her. You know, that as she increases in years, she will keep increasing in God's wisdom. And Raul as well. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 